they're in the trenches. They're helping us get through those challenges together. You can't have shared wins if all of it's coming from one side. You know, with that complexity, we're, we're kind of used to or working with like any number of, of partners. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. Well, we could not make this podcast famous without help from our sponsors. For sponsorship, we looked to platforms that help you find, activate, enable, and manage your partner program. These tools may be the only tools that you'll need to effectively run partnership. The tools in question are Reveal for account mapping and running co-selling operations and Partner Hub for working closely day-to-day with MSPs, managed service providers. When you're ready to really get into the revenue operation of partnerships, that means that you want to map accounts, see what the overlap is, see who I'm targeting that you're also targeting, see who I'm targeting that you're not targeting, and come up with a strategy to get those accounts into my pipeline, into your pipeline, and to build that pie, that bigger and bigger pie together. Oftentimes, you'll invite a partner to an account mapping solution that has a paywall too early, which is prohibitive for a lot of uh, the target audiences that our partner programs are after, the digital agencies. Uh, if you invite them to reveal, you can trust that they won't hit a paywall. There's 360 account mapping UI in reveal for free, and it is at reveal.co. Finally, Partner Hub, again, it's a partner operations platform. Partnerships has a lot going on. Who's doing what? at what stage in the partnership are the questions that many of my partner managers ask themselves. Partner Hub is here to solve for what are we doing with partnerships? Who's doing what? Where are our partners? And if we need to find more, are we able to go and shop for more partners? Partner Hub answers all of those questions with yes, and it is free. It's free for top tech companies like Apollo, AudioI, Smith, Growbots, Recart, Customer.io, and it's free for digital agencies like Hawk Media, Trellis, Aptitude 8, Creative Trends. A lot of these tech companies and agencies use Partner Hub to find and align with each other. MSP, Managed Service Provider, Digital Agency, as well as SaaS tech companies. So check it out, partnerhub.app. And again, thank you for listening. I'll let you get back to the show. All right, Nick, welcome to the podcast. So we've got a half an hour here to talk about what's going on with the organization and where you're at and what other partner managers should know in your same situation, which a lot of teams are, especially in tech, going through transition, going through new org, merger, all this stuff. But we'll get into that first. Who are you? What do you do? Awesome. Thanks, Alex, for having me. I really appreciate that. So everybody, my name is Nick Thompson. I lead partnerships for the direct consumer side here at The Stable. I've been here now just about a year and gone through a whole bunch of changes, actually two changes in ownership. So I'm really interested to kind of like hear your questions and talk a little bit more about some of the challenges and what's worked, what hasn't throughout this, this whole process. First, I'd like to know what is the shift and how does it impact 
partnerships in a general level? Yeah, sure. The the way the way that things started, I mean, the initial shift was way back in December of 2021, where so that's now what's that about 15 months ago. And that was when the stable who had existed already for about seven years, working primarily with retail brands, getting them into big box stores, driving the marketing strategy behind that. But then they decided they needed a real D2C side of the house and strategy. And so they acquired two large Shopify Plus agencies based in the US. That was Zayner and also BVA. And again, fully, fully remote teams. So they're spread across US, but large presence on the West Coast. But the, the interesting thing there was that that those acquisitions happened on in December of 2021. I came in about you know, four months later in, in April of 2022. And then the whole shebang was acquired by Accenture. I think it was actually seven months to the day from the BVA and the Zayner announcement. And so that happened in, I guess, July. It was announced July 13th of, of last year. So, yeah couple of big acquisitions and, and lots of things to navigate. But let, let's get into some of the specifics, I'm sure. Coming into partnerships before the acquisition, uh, what are the main things that have changed since the acquisition? Main thing, I mean, being part of Accenture now just means a shift up market and shift with the type of brands that, that we work with. That, that doesn't preclude us from working with those brands that we've worked with to date in the mid-market, which is still very much a, a big part of our, our ongoing client base and of just new business as well. So what's really changed, and, and I think this was also accelerated by the fact that, you know, we're partnered with Shopify. They are our top partner. We are their largest agency that that serves them. Um, hundreds of of launches of Shopify brands uh, under our belt over the last close to a decade now under the various brands like BBA and Zayner. But the the interesting thing there was just like in right after we were acquired by Accenture, Shopify had a reorg and decided like, hey, we are really going to go after the enterprise as well. So the timing there was almost perfect. It's like, all right, great. Shopify is moving up market. Well, here we are. We're part of Accenture now. Let's really help with that up market transition as well. And so we found just a, a ton of like common things to work on together in terms of like larger brands. And then there's been the, the, the new products that have come out from Shopify that are targeted to the enterprise, particularly commerce components, which came out in January. But prior to that, you know, the summer release last year was was hydrogen and oxygen, working very, very closely with them and and, and using that on builds, such as with Sadia Group. Killer, killer. Okay. So lots, lots to do, lots going on. And there are some things that you probably have to do immediately after something like this happens. And again, apply this to your listeners, apply this to your own situation. It could be a pivot. It could be an acquisition. It could be a merger. It could be just some big change in focus from a partnership standpoint, but you got acquired uh, organizational changes going on. You're hearing stuff, you're getting meetings, things are getting reprioritized and deprioritized. What are some of the things that you had to do immediately just to make sure, I think a big thing is make sure current partners know what's going on. 
You know, you've mm-hmm. got your priority partners. They have to know what's going on. And yep. then B is, okay, well, the team then has to kind of be pointed in the right direction. And I'm not sure where your team was at under partnerships, but talk to us about what you did immediately after the acquisition, just to make sure everything's copacetic and people knew what they needed to know. Yeah, the the first thing like we I, I've, I've always tried to do is, is stay as communicative as possible. And I'm, I'm sure... Um, some partners get frustrated in the, the lack of overall communication that that I'm able to provide, but you know, I, t- I tell as, as much as I have available. And you know, with with a large organization acquiring us, there's a lot of changes that are, that are due to happen always, and that just and and people want immediate answers. It's like, well, what are we going to do over this next month or this next quarter? And it's like, I'm not sure yet, but let's keep let's keep minding the store. Let's keep operating as we have to date. And let's not change that. And I, I think looking back on on this past, like let's say six, seven months, I'd say maybe one thing I jumped the gun on a little bit too much was over communicating on the enterprise push. And really, you know, that that's that's I think created a little bit of confusion sometimes. And rightly so. I, I think like what really needed to happen for me was say, like, look, let's let's just continue to focus on like business as usual rather than like uh, and and let focus on that entirely versus like we can think about the enterprise stuff when it comes. You know, there's going to be you know the products and the capabilities and the clients coming our way for those type of opportunities. But uh, right now, let's let's just keep doing what we do well and let's not change that. Let's keep doing that the same co marketing motions, events, all the rest of it. So if you're doing what you're doing well right now, just keep doing that. Things will change, but. Be ready for that change when it happens. Where do partners exist? Do they exist in CRM as well, or do they exist outside of CRM until they bring a deal in? Where do they exist for you guys as far as CRM goes? Yeah, they exist in the CRM, and then outside, of course, they exist in in Partner Hub too. And so, um, managing some of some of it through there. Um, Crossbeam is another way that that we're managing, but yeah, it's 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 primarily CRM. It's also um, and again, for like regular communications, I'm using Slack for, for a lot of that with, with all of my partners, email yeah, for more formal stuff. Microsoft Teams? Yeah, Teams. What I you- mean, we'll, we'll move there eventually. I, I can still use Slack still indefinitely. Use You're so yeah. that's great. Which stuff. is really nice because that's like how my whole process has been so far. I have a, a folder for, for each of my partners uh, or a, a channel for each of my partners in addition to just the individual messages with the partner managers. Okay. So changes are in progress. Uh, nothing substantial on the CRM side until you kind of get fully changed over. Mm-hmm. Just learning the new CRM is just probably something that you got to cut out time to do um, as you get more into it. And so Accenture is coming in, guys are kind of operating almost business as usual, just with a little bit more of a focus on upmarket enterprise accounts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's really two buckets that we're working on. We're we're, in terms of BD, we're working on uh, our existing way. We've been working with partners to date and and doing our co-marketing motions and co-selling motions together, the top being Shopify, but then all of those great partners in the ecosystem that are that are supporting uh, Shopify as well. And then outside of that, there's what we call synergy deals. So that's existing Accenture clients and they have needs and D2C needs. We are the Shopify center within Accenture. So those two areas that we really work in. I like that synergy deals. Is that an internal nomenclature? That's an internal term. Yeah. I don't use the word synergy otherwise. 
<laughs> it's like that saying that and like laser laser focused or double clicking on something i know i just try not to use those terms ever no this is good uh no it's important like the synergy deal so i want to talk about that for a sec so a synergy deal it's is, yeah it's a synergy deal is an existing Accenture client so oh gotcha so okay. we're working with an existing one versus a brand that is net new to the to Accenture Got it. Okay. And then where partnerships come in, let's say you have a synergy deal. So you've gotten, you know, I'm just trying to kind of paint a picture here. So you've gotten kind of like you bring your partners in from stable with the clients from stable and then Accenture comes to the picture and they've got probably some customers they want the stable to now manage or deal with in, in certain ways. And then they have partners that come with those customers. I'm thinking both tech partners, but there's maybe some consultants and some agencies underneath yep. there um is there a relevant sort of scenario that played out after the acquisition that relates to how you kind of work with those quote-unquote synergy deals that bring in their own partners and how you kind of weave your partners into that and kind of create a little bit more of a kumbaya sort of scenario <laughs> with that uh, with that client not necessarily no i mean the accenture brands are massive generally and they they will work with any number of technologies i would say the existing brands that we work with that that are not that are not coming from accenture um have a, a much more uh, numerous uh, tech stack or complex tech stack perhaps than than what you know an, an existing Accenture brand has. So you know that complexity we're we're kind of used to or working with like any number of, of partners for for build from like you know the full service angle. It's from everything on the front end, you know, you know the middleware, you know, the back end tools as well, and then then you think about like performance marketing tools across the board. Yeah, you've got your partners coming from the stable and some partners that you work closely with, and they're all chomping at the bit to try to get into those bigger accounts. You've got your Fortune 500 Accenture mm -hmm. customers, and then your partners that would love to work with them. And there's there's definitely some some jockeying for position probably there in your inbox and figuring out when you can make introductions. Yeah, and it, and it's a challenge. I mean. I mean, I'm a I'm a team of one right now. So the you know working very closely with my my sales team, working very closely with my strategy team, working very closely closely with the existing accounts and performance marketing and retain business and, and all the rest of it. So there's there's a whole lot of teams and and partners can get plugged in in any number of ways through those teams. And so there's. I guess maybe I should say that, and I, I think I've stated this to other folks as well, is that if if they're looking at the stable as a entry point to a broader Accenture relationship, yeah. that's not the way to go. I mean, because <laughs> Accenture looks at looks at partners, and you know, an example being Shopify or Contentful or, or all these other ones that are out there. But the partner to be a partner of Accenture has to have a very large revenue base. I mean, if you look at Salesforce or Adobe being two like key partners for for Accenture, that's because they have just a massive practice with with each of them, and so associated revenues, of course. So smaller partners, app partners, things like that. Like I, I think it's going to make sense to work with you for for our clients, but broader Accenture probably not going to be a, a good fit, or at least it's not going to be our our entry point or your entry point into the org. There's a lot of folks here. Yeah, so you got to play gatekeeper a little bit, and that's probably um, yeah, that's hard. I mean, I and I don't, I don't want to tick people off like yeah. uh, 
but I, I also have to try and be realistic with, with them as well. Of course. Yes. Understood. Understood. And then there's uh, some KPIs that uh, KPIs. Yes. But I want to talk more about where partner sourced and partner, what rolls up under partnerships as a, as an endeavor for you guys mm-hmm. and how that changed. So start there and then we'll go into specific KPIs. So the question is um, what rolled up under partnerships from all activities mm-hmm. and then how has that changed now that Accenture's involved and you may be tasked with working with a specific company, but it wasn't necessarily a partnership sourced anything. How, do, how does that mm-hmm. whole mess kind of work out pre and post it actually hasn't changed at all. It's still all about attribution and partner attribution. So making sure that you know we're we're getting you know certain amount of partner source deals. I know there's certain partners that are out there. Um, and I'm gonna, not going to name any names where we we have much higher volume of of leads sent in, the, in their direction than we we do coming in. And so it's always working to try and find that balance. So attribution is not going to change. I mean, like. The reason why we're all working together uh, in partnerships is so that we can have those shared wins together. And you can't have shared wins if all of it's coming from one side. Got it. Got it. So not a whole lot has changed as far as what rolls up underneath partnerships, what you can call a partnerships event or scenario mm-hmm. or customer or whatever it is. Yep. And then underneath um, uh, your umbrella, what are some KPIs that you're monitoring and anything specific you can mention per KPI if those have changed at all? Yeah. I mean, certainly we're monitoring close rate. We're always going to be monitoring time to close. We're going to be monitoring a, a real important KPI for us. I mean, it's not necessarily as measurable, but it's responsiveness of a partner when it's uh, during a build phase. So for example, like our engineering team, if there's something where a week out from product, from launch of, of a brand, we wanna make sure that um, that partner is available and able to step up and provide the resources needed, uh, especially with you know large brands launching. You know, This is very visible for both the partner and for ourselves and not to mention the brand that we're launching. So we need to get it right and, you know, I'd say like just being as communicative as possible. Like I'd say the the brands, as far as the KPI, like communication is high for me. Um, Because if if a partner is is just of of the type that's gonna send us help docs if there's something that goes wrong, instead of like actually putting a human on the line and and talking through it with us, like Mm -hmm. we're always gonna want to go back and work with with that partner because they're in the trenches. They're helping us get through those challenges together. Got it, got it. And um, related to which partner types you work with, there's an up market focus now. So that Mm -hmm. means enterprise level customers have to be aligned. There has to be alignment there, Mm -hmm. at least mid market plus, but let's just call it enterprise. So then it comes down to, okay, well, there's a certain number of your partners today that are enterprise focused. Those people make it a little bit more preferential treatment in this new world, or at least you'll be communicating and involving and hopefully doing more co-selling and co-marketing with those. Mm-hmm. And then there's probably a little bit of a hole that needs to be filled. Are you working with solutions partners on the enterprise level as well as tech partners or what has changed with the roster of partnerships and and then we'll talk about a little bit how you kind of fill those holes yeah it's it's primarily still the the tech partners like they're going to be the, the ones that we work with 
the absolute most. So occasional solutions partners for some specific point needs, but those tend to be fairly unique and few and far between, but they are needed. Got it. Has there been a, an, an endeavor or something that you've kind of an initiative that has happened recently where you've seen a need for either current and new tech partners that you've needed to kind of go in and gather up some, some group absolutely. and go to market? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like those sort of things come to me from either the strategy team who's working with existing clients and they find some kind of technology or or a brand comes up and say, Hey, we need to do this. Like, hey, what what can you do to help us there? And we we actively go out and we figure out, hey, what's what's the solution gonna be here? What's the tech? And so yeah, we're we're always looking to to open open our our nets and and try and figure out like who are gonna be some some good partners that are out there to, to serve some new capabilities. Got it. And then those come from the strategy team. So a new client come comes from all over. I mean, it could come from me if I'm, I'm just like, you know, I I'll be candid. Like I get some great uh, inbound partnership requests. And, and when I see those, like somebody can really hit on like the offering and how they do it and how they differentiate and how they compare to others and exactly where they fit and what type of clients they work with. Okay, great. I think those are, really fun conversations to have because it's it's easy it's it's so much easier to understand when when somebody makes a great case up front versus somebody just says hey we're so and so we do this and it's kind of hard to understand like where does this fit i don't quite understand but then they ask like hey what do you want to take a call and like ah i i mean it's 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 really tough i mean it's just like you know it's it's like sales with uh, with prospects i mean you know if you're trying to approach a prospect at a brand and you can't easily convey what you do right off the bat. Like that's it's hard to get time with them. So a relevant recent tech partnership inbound request. What it what what did it entail? What made it good? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say there was there was one that came my way, and so we agreed to talk because they they shared some really good details about like hey they first off they understood what we did like it wasn't just like hey you know let's have a call and then we'll find out about the stable and what you guys do it was like okay hey i see the stables acquired by accenture half a year ago you know you guys uh look like you've been working with some larger brands recently i see on your site that you work with you know like spanks and a whole bunch of others and then they said hey by the way like we work with like these brands or some similar ones. Here's what some of these similar brands are doing. And here's what maybe these brands that you work with could be doing better. Uh-huh. And then showing, you know, just, and then providing a compelling just offer to, to maybe get, get in front of that brand as a result of it. That's something that's worked well. Um, and I'd say also, you know, once, once those, those type of tech partners are in with us, then a great example would be like rebuy. Like rebuy is awesome at just coming in and being able to um, get in front of. Once they're in with our our teams, like they provide great service, and we just want to keep working with them more and more. And obviously, they provide great results for for our brands too and our clients. Okay, so name and name rebuy engine. Shout out. Yeah, yeah, they're Good outreach. I love it. I know those partnership guys over there, they've been crushing it from mm-hmm. all levels, product and partnership. Uh, so reaching out with uh, the scenario, current overlapping customers, if you have any mm-hmm. potential non-overlapping yeah. customers that you'd like to bring the stable into. Yeah. 
potentially. That's always if you can. Yeah, do- I mean, it's always nice to to bring that stuff up. Yeah. For okay. Sure. And then and then what kind of unique things they're maybe doing in the market as far as you know marketing or or other. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah, we always like to to mention you know leading with what you can involve the partner in. So not just asking for the call and being sort mm-hmm. of open-ended but make it very specific i want to talk to you about this and get this done and then you know see what happens from there but let's focus it on something specific and um Mm -hmm. and and make sure that nick can account for okay well how much time is that going to take and what's in it for me and what are the value uh, trades that you got to make in your own head and be able to quickly make a decision on replying to that outreach okay so uh kpis there's some there's some specific ones in there related to the crm stuff do you are you tracking any event types of kpis uh, i know event marketing definitely yep partnerships yeah yeah like like i mentioned before shop talk just wrapped up for us a couple weeks ago as i think it did for just about every other partner in our space and yeah we had yeah some great events there we had like four different ones with shopify so that kept us really busy um some great, great opportunities, great leads came out of that. So yeah, you know, tracking total opportunities that came from that total leads. Um, and, you know, of course the leads that we got from that may not result in opportunities right away, but they may result in once, you know, a few months or more down the road. So um, keeping track of all that too, but also looking at just overall attendance at the events relative to like the, the capacity. We were oversubscribed actually at two of them, which was fantastic. Um, it was a very, very good turnout and uh you know credit to uh our partners really helping drive a lot of that yeah so an event you hold the Mm -hmm. attendance for those events with each partner maybe Mm -hmm. compare that to other events and decide if those partners are worth doing more events with versus the other partners yep that stuff that you look at and then uh just to help out the partner managers that are dealing with sales sort of um cannibalization in a sense but like you go to an event and there are leads that come from the event what Mm -hmm. makes them a partner source lead versus just a typical lead from marketing an mql or a sales qualified lead so partner partly we can directly attribute to saying like hey this partner invited this person to this event so that's Uh that's 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 for us like like they, they get a unique link for signups. So that's how we do that. And so like, for, for example, like the, yeah, the, the event, the, the one happy hour event that we did, we had some unique links went out for our various partners that supported us there. And so everybody that invited folks, they invited them using their unique link. So easy to attribute to those specific partners versus just having a big hodgepodge of them and then trying to digest and figure out at the end, like, Hey, who, who drove what? Yeah, I think when attribution becomes tricky is is um, something I'd, I'd want to follow up with that on. So you've got events can be a little bit tricky, especially in person, mm-hmm. um, or at least I would assume, I think in person, because you don't have that level mm-hmm. of like who whose link did they click to get there? You show up at Shop Talk, there's sales mm-hmm. teams coming, there's marketing teams coming, you generate mm-hmm. a bunch of business from Shop Talk. Did I get the business card or did you? I don't know. But where not just events related but in general where is attribution a problem for you guys on the partnership side of things i mean attribution for me that's that's a challenge right now is 
going back to partners. So showing partners exactly what kind of leads we drove their way, because we've got, like I mentioned, we've got all those different teams and they're often sending leads over or in, in, instead of sending over the lead, they're just referring a brand over to a partner. And the challenge that brings for me is, you know, I'm just one person again. And so I don't have visibility into all of those teams and what they're sending across. And so that's where, um, you know, that's, that's a challenge right now to just be able to show the attribution coming from us to partners, because sometimes they may look at our stats and go, yeah, I don't know how much the stable is really driving for us, but actually, <laughs> you know, when I go through some of the pipeline with them, they're like, oh, okay, actually I see like a whole bunch of deals here that we're, we're involved with now. Got it. Got it. So reviewing shared deals to yeah. track back to attribution. A lot of it, you just can't mm-hmm. answer it, it. You rely on everybody in the entire organization using an attribution system with everything they do, which is, I think, impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, with certain partners, yeah, it's it's tough because they have their very kind of rigid systems and rigid process. And if, it's like if you didn't have the lead in on this specific day, but the deal closed like, oh, you know, maybe two days later or two days before, like you are not going to get attribution on that. So it's like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll just roll with it. We know we know we're doing the work on things, but that it just can't get attribution for it. That's that's just part of the challenge. Part of it. It's just part of it. It's just part of it. Okay. So then dealing with upper management. So you've got I don't I don't know if you have new upper management. You got new owners, mm-hmm. but yep. Um has there been any tough discussion around what is partnerships to the new org related to the stable? Or has it been like we know the value? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I've had like, I I guess a title change I posted on LinkedIn recently, but no change actually in function as far as working with partners, none of that. So it's um, really, really no changes as far as like how partnerships are approached. And we're being given, you know, freedom to work as as we've operated for the last year as the stable um, continuing on now that we're part of Accenture. You know, there's recognition as well that, you know, because we work with Shopify, that's a new platform for Accenture. They brought, they, they, they acquired us, they brought us on board for that expertise. And so it's not an expectation like, hey, we're going to start working with all the other platforms that, that Accenture works with, which is absolutely not the case. Like, we're going to be here, continue doing what we do really well. And that means working with the same partners and, you know, maybe new partners that are, that are being added to the mix all the time. But it's just a focus on what we do well and just keeping at that. Because yeah. I think I think the the probably the maybe the desire for some or maybe the the urge or the assumption is that lots of things will change, but that often isn't the case because you know why mess with success or you know if what's if it's if it's working well, just keep going. Obviously I agree. I'm biased, but um <laughs> as far as partnerships go, but I think uh, those that aren't in an organization like Accenture, you'll look at it like, what is what is going on with partnerships? Is partnerships a big part of what they do? Is it kind of looked at as like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, how do they perceive partnerships? In your opinion, it's, they, they seem like they get it. In they general. get it, yeah. They, and they know, yeah. They know that, you know, it's worked so well for us already. Like, they're not going to like fully change it around on us and say like, "Hey, you got to do things this way and this way and this way." No, they're giving, really giving us a lot of autonomy to do this the right way. 
And they, do they have a partnership team at Accenture that deals with the same types of partnership sort of function as a... They, they do have different partnership teams. And I think they, they make a lot of acquisitions every year. And so those various you know, acquisitions, those companies will continue with their partnerships. And eventually things change after probably a few years. But you know, right now, you know, for the next couple of years, definitely foreseeable future. Like we keep operating as, as we've done well. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so then uh, next on the horizon for you, um, endeavors, things that you want to get done, anything that's on your plate next three to six months? Is it business yeah. usual or what's what's the main focus for you? Yeah, I want to get really, like this is like, we're actually, and so the Accenture, Fiscal year is actually different than the calendar year. It ends on August 31st. So we're, we've, we've just passed the midway point of the year. But my my goal through the end of August is really to get really good at some of the attribution that we have with our existing partners both ways. Mm -hmm. um, I want to really be intentional and in spending more time with the great partners that we have that support Shopify that um, perhaps have not gotten gotten as much attention from me over the last maybe six months during this transition where I've been trying to figure out our way and what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so, um, yeah, just giving, giving more time to those, those partners that are out there as well as adding some, some new and interesting ones, you know, thinking more on like, you know, the enterprise side, but certainly more in the mid market as well. But again, I'm one person, so I'm doing, trying to operationalize great systems as much as possible. And that's, that's really what I'm going to do more of over the next few months. Yeah, I'd love to hear what kind of systems that you create. I know one of our other partner managers, Roddy, over at Rewind has mm -hmm. ridiculous automations. If you haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, I like Roddy. Yeah, ask him about some of his Slack automations that he's created between CRM and Slack, I believe, or even maybe even through his QuickBooks system. I don't know, through something, but he has... A mm -hmm. really cool system for automation between partner source blank and the, the deal post to Slack and then tagging the right people and some other cool stuff in there. But yeah. that kind of brings to mind. And maybe this is something that we talk about on a future episode. If you get your system working, how much sort of bugging of the human beings do you need to do to get mm -hmm. the attribution system to really work? I'm thinking like a daily uh reminder through slack or whatever yeah. system you're using i yeah i think you know communication for me has got to get better in terms of some of that stuff internally like um that's that's something that you know every partner that we have has got great updates that come out and it's a matter of sharing what's relevant what i think is most relevant with my team i used to do a lot of this at shopify when i was there um prior to here and sending out those updates is something that's fallen by the wayside a little bit um but I, I need to get back on those ones. And that's something that I've made a point of doing more of. So it's like, okay, I get great updates from Shopify. I get great updates from Yapo and Recharge and Gorgeous and Zendesk and all the rest of the folks that are out there. And I need to just compile those into a nice little digest every week to two weeks, share that out with my team internally so they can see all the cool stuff that's happening out there and then uh, be able to refer back to that as well. So, you know, it's just little things too. Like, I mean, I mean just like, reminding people of the proper support flow uh, with, with Shopify, for example, and let them know that we get as a plus partner, we get expedited, you know, 
support and and how to go about that you know just little reminders like that things like that are, are always helpful but um and just making sure people know that i'm a resource here to help them and not to really slow down things yeah oh man so many challenges but every department has similar challenges it's just yeah yeah getting communication done right is, is always going to be tricky it's like all right do i do it in slack or email or i do, I do it newsletter what, what do i do how's the best way what's the cadence you know do and i send do surveys make- do i not say like i don't know yeah, how do you make it not re- not only relevant for the other person, but like yeah. how you actionable too? Get yeah. someone else internally who has no, you know, they have no real value personally for their own KPIs and their mm-hmm. own job to help right. you get your stuff done. It is a big challenge, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, if you figure it out, or if you have, I think little things like a template that you're updating every month that has main partner changes Mm -hmm. and maybe some like a highlight of like, here's what sort of to talk about to this type of a customer and a workflow that maybe happens in your communication tool that goes automated. Any of that stuff, please let us know. I think, I think some of the automation on the account-based marketing that's going to be coming out over this year is going to be pretty exciting. Just like, talking to somebody like for, from a BDR perspective, almost like, it's like, why you, why you now, what do we know about you? Here's what is interesting about our solution relevant to you. Here's a call to action and just make that open and repeatable and, and accurate. I think that's probably the most important thing because, you know, in some initial testing I've done with this, it's not that accurate because it's relying on some older data, you know, chat GPT, like 2021 and prior. So finding things that are a little bit more current. So plugging in some of that more recent recent and relevant data. So I think there's really interesting stuff to happen there, not just from us going outbound to potential clients and prospects, but also inbound from, you know, partners coming to us for, you know, our existing client base or working together like that shared value prop together to a potential prospect. I think that's some cool stuff. I love the research side of that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Very interesting. I'd like to crowdsource some of the stuff. So maybe we'll get Roddy's stuff and your stuff and we put it together and come up with a system that other partner teams can use and everybody can benefit from. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, lots of stuff there. So thanks for the time. It's been huge. Uh, I think where you're at and the situation is is just very, um, uh, very relevant for a lot of partnership teams now being Q1 after the downturn and all stuff that's happening. Yeah. A lot of people are in your shoes. So I think listening to this episode and some of the stuff that you've said and uh, just, you know, letting know it's, it's, it's typical and you have to kind of deal with the right stuff at the right time and make sure it works for your new org and and, and go through it. So, yep. It's good to know. It's good to hear. Big, big changes, but always with big changes come bigger opportunities. So it's always, always fun. Always, always good things to look at. And I love the challenge of it. Yeah. Roll with the punches. Nick, thank you so much, man. I'll let you go. We ended a few minutes early-ish, but right around 40 minutes, just like we talked about. So this was really good, man. Sweet. Uh, Great advice. Love what you're doing. You've been crushing it and doing uh, some really awesome things. So thank you for being a great part of the partnerships ecosystem in general. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Take care. You too.